Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. I am excited to talk about the Murrays and specifically what we can learn about Scottish clanship from the Murrays. So if you've got any academic interest in this kin-based society within Scotland that most people refer to as clans, or you have any any kind of a connection to the Murrays, you're going to really like this episode. It is a little bit more academic. It's not a storytelling one, unless we're talking about that one time that a bunch of Murrays signed a bond or signed an agreement with each other about cooperation. Before we get too far into that, let me give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Go to their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. It's got a ton of good content on kilts, anything that has to do with the kilt, how to wear the kilt, how not to wear the kilt, what to wear with it, what not to wear with it, and how to wear it. Um, it'll give you, the, they have content on Scottish culture, heritage, history. It's a great YouTube channel. Go there and check them out. Now, if you're in the market for something that has to do with traditional Scottish clothing or other Celtic-themed items, check them out at usakilts.com. They actually have quite a broad range of products on there. The quality is very good. The I, I would say the quality is, is excellent. I, I was afraid of not that maybe I didn't use a, a good enough word right there. The quality is excellent. I have one of their kilts. It's great. So uh, their customer service is it matches the quality of their product. They're, they're just great with customers. I could go into more detail on that. Maybe I will when I talk about them later in this episode. But they also have free shipping within the U.S. Go check them out at the storefront, usakilts.com. Or if you're just in the mood to learn some stuff about Scottish history, culture, whatever, go to USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Okay, so Murray's. We have this we have this thing that we've been dealing with this this common theme you could call it a theme that's been running throughout this podcast ever since I started it almost three years ago and that theme is trying to understand the Scottish clans what were they what were they not who was a Scottish clan who was not a Scottish clan how would you even tell what criteria would you use and what we have with the Murrays today is going to help us out with that. We've been talking about this a lot. And just in case you're new to this and you have no idea what the different perspectives are, on the one end, and this is the perspective that you would pick up from reading a bunch of Wikipedia articles and reading nothing else. Wikipedia articles are cool, but they should not be your only source of information. You might get this perspective from looking at, I don't know, just a lot, a lot of different Scottish websites, you might get the impression that every last name that comes from Scotland was a clan and it was clan this and clan that and everybody's got their clan and they got their tartan and everybody's got their chief and everybody's cool and it's a bunch of clans. On the other end of the spectrum, you have the purists who say, no, clan is a Gaelic word. It, it, was, it was a concept of Gaelic speaking Scotland. Therefore, and, the, and Gaelic was spoken predominantly in the Highlands. Therefore, the Highlands is where you find clans and nowhere else in Scotland. Yes, yes. there. And so that would leave a lot of you out. Now, 
If that were historically accurate, then I wouldn't care that it left a lot of people out. I would have some of my ancestors that would qualify because I had some from the Highlands. And then I had others of my branches of my family tree that come from Scotland that wouldn't qualify. What we're after here is historical reality instead of romanticized Victorian era perspective on Scotland so that the weavers could gain more money. So, so where do we go from there? Um, I, I'm going to stand somewhere in the middle. No, not every last name was a Scottish clan. But no, I would argue that there were clans in other parts of Scotland. Now, I'm going with the concept of if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, we're going to call it a duck. Even though different parts of Scotland might have different words for that same bird, it's, a, it's, it's the same bird. Okay, It didn't only live in one region of Scotland. All right, so what are we going to use? For our criteria to decide whether a group sharing a common surname were actually a clan or not a clan. Okay, so that's that's going to be our starting point. And then we're going to go look at the Murrays. The starting point, I believe, is going to be the that we have a, a kin group that is broader than just a family. Just a, a, a broader kin group, kin group than just a dad and his sons, and he's going to pass his lands, titles, Inheritances, whatever he has, onto his sons, his position in the society, maybe it was a hereditary position. It's all going to be passed down to the sons, and that's not necessarily a clan in my head. That's that's an aristocratic family that existed in Scotland, England, Wales, Ireland, and a bunch of other countries all over the world. That's, it's, not, that's not a clan. In my head, a clan's got to be a broader kin group than just that. And... And I want to see this broader kin group coming together for a common purpose based on real or perceived kinship. All right? Real or perceived kinship. They're coming together. They're doing things together because of this concept that they're related to each other. All right. Now, another thing that I want to see as I'm looking to decide whether this group of people with the same last name were a clan or just a bunch of people with the same last name which both existed in Scotland. I want to see if they, this broader kin group, acknowledged a chief. Was there somebody who was at the head of this kin group that everybody in this group acknowledges as, as their chief, as their leader? And I don't care, just for the record, I don't care whether we're calling, whether we're calling this group a clan or a surname or a kindred or whatever. And I don't also, and neither neither do I care if we're going to use the word chief. Okay, so if we want to get all wound up about clan being a, a Gallic word, then we can't be too, you know, chief's not a Gallic word. It's I think it's originally borrowed from French, if I remember correctly. So um, whatever it is, there's a leader of the kin group. And everybody acknowledges him as a leader. Now, what's more is he sees himself. He... He accepts this leadership of the broader kin group. All right. So those are the things I'm looking for. And it doesn't matter if I find it in the Highlands, in the Borders, in Ayrshire, in Aberdeenshire, in Caithness, which some people consider Highlands, some people don't. It doesn't matter. If I see a group that fits all those criteria, I... Clint Edwards, I'm going to call it a clan. All right? Okay. 
So that's what we're going through. So now, now let's get let's talk about the Murrays just a little bit here, shall we? The Murrays. Let's let's before we jump into what I found about them, what I want to share with you, just a quick origin story. I love, 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 love learning about the origin of these different groups. <coughs> Excuse me. I especially love it when you really get some depth on this origin stuff. An example of that. Um, the Macintoshes. Well, then we go clear back into Shaw McDuff, who ties back into the McDuck's, McDuff's of Fife, who, according to John Bannerman, tied maybe back into a king of Alaba, part of the McAlpin dynasty called Duv, D-U-B which may have originally been pronounced like a V, and there the sons of Duv or Duf were the Mac Duffs. <coughs> Man, I should have grabbed some water before this started, but I think I'm going to be okay. If you'll bear with me, I'm just going to press on. All right, so that's kind of an origin story that I think is rich. The So you got this one kin group that's got one name, but they actually tie back into earlier kin groups that tie back to earlier kin groups. And anyway, I love it. So the Murrays. So where do they come from? The Murrays actually come from a man named Freskin who acquired the title de Moravia. All right. Freskin was a Flemish knight who had originally settled in the vicinity of Edinburgh. Lothian somewhere, and you could probably just get really tight on this and find out exactly where those lands were. Um, but it's not that part of Scotland. But he was part of a movement by the Canmore dynasty of planting loyal knights, loyal men of uh, loyal fighting men in parts of Scotland that they've been having trouble with and that were less than loyal to them. Two examples. The first one is Galloway. Galloway had their own kind of a concept of who they answered to, and it wasn't always the Scottish king. And so we have families that were planted in that area like Bruce and Balliol, who settle in, intermarry with the local Gallic families, leading kindreds of Galloway, and, and get their start down there. Now, with Freskin, he goes to a different part of Scotland that the king had had a problem with. He finds himself up in the province or earlier kingdom of Murray. So, Murray in Gaelic Murav. So, the, I tell you the Gaelic pronunciation because I actually think the Latin version of it, Moravia, if you take the I-A off the end of it, is actually closer with that V on the end to the Gaelic pronunciation of Murav. And to the surname that is drawn from that province or earlier kingdom called Murray. <coughs> Freskin began to style himself de Moravia, and so did his descendants. These descendants become the, the earls of Sutherland. Now, the earls of Sutherland were actually the senior branch of Freskin's descendants the uh, the junior so he has he has two main branches that break off from him 
you have the the senior branch from Freskin is the, the Sutherlands. And you have this kin group called Sutherlands, but then you have the earldom of Sutherland and how those two relate to each other. I'm going to let you go back and check an earlier episode out about that. The earldom of Sutherland versus the clan Sutherland. All right. And, and so we're not going to get too bogged down there, but that's a senior line of Freskin's descendants. The junior line, but also becomes powerful, become the Murrays. All right, de Moravia turns, which his descendants who had their titles would style themselves as, it becomes a surname, and so de Moravia turns into Murray, and so that's where we have the Murray surname originating. Okay, now we're going to fast forward in their history, and there's there's cool stories about the Murrays. I did a whole episode on the Battle of Knock Mary, which was the Drummonds versus the Murrays of Oxertire. And so I'm going to let, go, let you go ahead if you want a cool story about the Murrays. Go back and check that one out because that's actually a really interesting story. And it has two kin groups slugging it out, not in the Highlands. But then Highlanders get involved, and I'm going to let you go back and check that out yourself, and you can see what that's all about. What we're going to do is we're going to look at a bond. And I, don't, I didn't see in this document whether it's the bond, a bond of manrent or a bond of friendship. But the bonds of manrent and friendship, the, if you get into the Scottish clans on an academic level, you're going to see that come up a lot. All right? And even if you see, you're not on an, academic le- yet, on an academic level yet, you're still going to see this come up. Um, the bond of manrent was basically just a bunch of – well, a bond – was people getting together and making certain agreements between each other, okay? And usually it was defining the relationship that they're going to have between each other. Define the relationship. That's kind of funny. That's uh, like back when I was dating, and that's what we called that talk that you've got to have with that girl because you had some sort of relationship that's progressed beyond friendship maybe, but are we going to be steady and single? or st- I mean, are we going to be steady and exclusive or are we just going to keep this chill? And and sometimes you don't have to have that conversation, but sometimes you do. And it did, we, we just we actually had an acronym, DTR, define the relationship. Anyway, that's what the bond was, is define the relationship. But it's not necessarily romantic here. It's usually, be, well, it could be between individuals, but it could also be between kindreds. And if there was usually, if, if, if I understand these correctly, if – the relationship was unequal. You'll have a bond of man rent, and if it was between equals, it was a bond of friendship. Now, it doesn't say which one is which here, but in this source that I'm going after, the Chronicles of the the, the uh, one second. Let me okay, I've got it written down because it's kind of a long it's kind of a long title. But the Chronicles of the Athol and Tullibardin families by John Seventh Duke of Athol, published in 1908, but it quotes from two bonds. And these bonds, one was written in 1586 and one was written in 1598. Why are those dates significant? Because, y'all, these are contemporary documents during the time that clans were in full swing. Full swing, both on the borders, highlands. They were, they were. Uh, you might, I don't know if they were at their peak would be a good way to describe that. Because that could be maybe misleading. But they were in full sway, the, the clans in Scotland. And so this is cool because it's contemporary, right? And, and then another reason why I think this is fascinating is because the, where the, the Murrays were geographically. The Murrays are what I have, if you've listened to the last several episodes, 
They're what I'm going to call a frontier clan because they have territory both in the highlands and in the lowlands. In fact, the bulk of their territory is, I don't, I'm not really sure because I'm just, just now kind of speaking off the cuff a little bit, but they were, they have their, they're kind of in a valley, this wide valley. It's where Kreef is. It's west of Perth, but there's hill country to the south of them, but then the mountains are to the north. But I believe this part of Scotland is generally not considered Highland. So that's why I think they're – but either way, it's right in that area where Lowland and Highland meet with each other. And so rather than – because Border Clan has already taken up, right? That's a completely different place in Scotland, the borders. And so we're going to – I'm going to call them Frontier Clans, right where those Lowlands and the Highlands meet. So I, that's why I think that's interesting with these guys. So were they an actual clan? Well, let me, let me share with you some stuff from these bonds, and I'll let you decide, and I'll tell you my take on it. So one thing that we see in these bonds, without me just reading the whole thing, they're actually written in, I don't know if it's considered Scots or just an older form of English, but it just doesn't read real smooth for modern English ears. So I'm just going to state a couple of, of things that I, just some observations from these bonds. I will post the link to archive.org where I pulled this from, and... If you want to study it in depth yourself, you can go back. But I'm just going to mention some things from it, and I'll actually read from it at one specific part. But let me just share with you some things I think are interesting about this, especially as it relates to our discussion on Scott, Scotch clans, not clans, whatever. So the heads of many different Murray branches bind themselves to come to each other's aid in a time of uncertainty and danger. They reserve their highest loyalty to the king, but after him, and you see this pop up over and over in both the 1586 bond and the 1598 bond, they're, tying, they're, they're pledging their loyalty to others of their surname. That phrase, that surname phrase, comes up over and over and over again. We're looking at a bunch of people and some of them are closely related, and some of them are a little bit more distantly related. And they're coming together and pledging loyalty to each other based on their kinship with each other. Um, and they're going to promise that they will use whatever resources they have. So, And I'm actually going to quote a little bit from a cer certain part here. And this isn't the part I was referring to earlier that I was going to quote from. But I just want you to hear this. That this is what they pledge. They're going to... They said, taking the burden upon us for our kin, friends, allies, servants, tenants, and dependents. And so then, then it says that they're going to pledge this loyalty to any of their name, their friends, allies, partakers, or dependents. So you see these phrases come up all over the place. Now, you're going to get a, a kick out of this phrase that is actually in the 1586 bond. They say... To any of the name, oh, wait, right, let me, let me reset, correction, so that one's cause shall be all and all shall be one. That's the three musketeers right out of a contemporary, like, and probably way before, you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, I, I'm not a three musketeers expert, but I'm thinking that that's 1600 stuff. So this is even earlier than that. And that this, but it's like straight out of that story. All for one, one for all. 
The actual phrase is, so that one's cause shall be all and all shall be one. It says that right there in the bond. All right. So any of the, and it's interesting that of those list of people that they're pledging their loyalty to, that the first word you see is their kin. And then after that, you see allies and servants and tenants and dependents. And so anyway, then, then we see the list of people who, who pledge this to them. And I'm actually going to read. These are, these are all the people that signed this 1586 bond. All right. Here, here, here it goes. Here's the list. Sir John Murray of Tullibardine, of Tullibardine Knight. Sir Andrew Murray of Erangosk. William Moncrief of that ilk. Robert Murray of Abercarney. John Murray of Tibermere, James Murray of Pardons, William Murray of Letterbanachy, Alexander Murray of Erlewith, John Murray of Strowan, James Murray, Fear of Strowan, David Murray, Apparand of Letterbanachy, Patrick Murray of Oxfordshire, William Murray of Pitcarles, 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 I'm butchering some of these names, I know. Alexander Murray of Drum Dewey, Patrick Murray of Wraith, William Murray, Apparand of Abercarney, Mungo Murray of Fedalis, Fedalis, I'm not sure, David Murray of Wraith, Andrew Murray of Lycock, Humphrey Murray of Buchanty, Hugh, son of William Mon Moncrief of that ilk, and David Murray of How Michael. Okay, so that's all the people that signed. So you have these, these um, heads of these different branches of this kindred that all pledge that they will be loyal to each other. And these, those are the specific people who pledged it. Uh, let's see, what else is interesting about these uh, that is, that's noteworthy? I don't know, this frequent, frequent mention is made of, of the surname. But that's kind of what they're going here. Now, you see some exceptions in there. And this is one of the questions I have about this. That is, there's Moncrease thrown in there. So... Further reading, something we need to peg down and dive deeper into. Why are there Moncriefs in this list? What connection do they have to this greater Murray kindred? Because it's not surname, even though that's mentioned all over in here. All right. And so we have a much, much broad. That, that is way bigger than Sir John Murray of Tullibardin and his sons. This is, a, this is a bigger kin group. So we've got that checked off. Coming together. Uh, based on a perception of kin of kinship, pledging loyalty to each other. So we've got that element taken care of. Okay, what about the chief part of this? Well, well let me. This is the part I actually wanted to read to you. Listen to this. Further, the whole and I'm going to kind of try to read this in modern English. Further, the whole undersubscribers binds them, their du their duty reserved to the king's majesty and his authority to assist the said Sir John Murray for the causes foresaid, like as the said John, Mur John, like as the said John binds him reciprocally to the friendship as is above mentioned by all others and they to him. Okay, interesting here, isn't it? Isn't this interesting? So we have, they don't use the word chief, but all these people that signed it are, meant, are acknowledging John Murray of Tullibardin as the head of their kindred. And he reciprocally to them. 
guys, we have we have everything that we need for a Scottish clan in this bond. Isn't isn't this cool? And it's they are the these Murrays. Now there were some Murrays that were straight up Highlanders, and we'll have the Dukes of Athol, and that's that's way up in the Blair Athol, and that's way up in the Highlands. But they're the Tully Barden is not um, in the mountains. It is, uh, I think, it, if I understand correctly, I'll look this up. It's close to a place called Black. Is it Blackford? Black Hall? Black something. I should have. I should have written that down. But um, anyway, it's Tulip Barden is not a. It's not an actual um, town right now. There was a castle that went along with this. Now, if you do a search for Tulip Barden, you're going to find whiskey. All right, which might please some of you. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, so there's one thing that I want to mention. Well, before I mention that, let me actually talk about, let me talk about my sponsor for a second. These guys have been good to me. They've been good. So how they've been good to me. One, their product was good. I got a kilt from them. They're good. They, they, they produce a good product. I love wearing my kilt. It is so enjoyable to wear. It's I. In fact, you know what I really like wearing it. I like wearing it hiking. I love wearing it hiking, and I have done several times since the summer's come on. I found myself back in the mountains hiking around in my kilt, and I love it. It's good quality. The, their customer service and the process of getting it was awesome. I felt like they went above and beyond. It's free shipping anywhere in the U.S. And I know some of you aren't in the U.S. And I'm sorry, but it's free shipping if you're in the U.S. It's still a good, it's still a superior product. So yeah, so go check them out. There's not just kilts they sell on usakilts.com. It's it's everything that you would ever wear with a kilt, as well as other things that are of, of Celtic themed clothing, jewelry, specifically Scottish. They've got some Irish stuff on that. I'm sporting a, a belt buckle on my, my kilt belt that's actually got the Welsh dragon on it because for all my passion about Scottish history and Scottish clans. The Edwardses came from Wales. They came from Ceredigion. I think I said that right. From Clan Winog. And so they came. Anyway, so I had to represent. I felt like I had to represent. And guess what? I found the belt buckle on usakilts.com. So go there. Get your stuff. Now, another thing is go on their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, because they've got a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool content on there. They've got stuff about. So now I've got my kilt. Now I've got a few of the basics to wear with a kilt. Now I've got all these questions. Well, guess what? I found all my questions answered somewhere on their YouTube. It didn't matter what question I had, somewhere on their YouTube channel, I could find a clip, a small, and a lot of them are small. They've got whole episodes of like podcast stuff on there, that type of a thing. But then they've got smaller chunks of them broken down. So you watch five or six minutes at a time and it answers very specific questions. And so I've had all my questions answered there. Now, they, it's not just stuff about kilts they have on their YouTube channel. You can see stuff about Scottish culture and heritage and history. And if you're interested in any of that stuff, I think you're going to like their YouTube channel. So go check them out. All right. So the uh, let's jump back into – okay, so, so we've seen, just kind of in summary, we have seen a broader kin, kin group than just a dad and his sons or daughters. We've seen them come together based off of real or perceived kinship. Once, I, once again, I said the surname thing was mentioned all through these. 
and they are acknowledging John Murray of Tullibardin as their as the head of the kindred. They don't. I didn't see the word chief used. I'll post this link. You guys can jump in there, and if you can catch it, then I missed it, and you got it. Good job. But they acknowledge him as the head of the kindred, and he reciprocates and says, "Yep, I'm the head of the kindred, and and I'll help you guys in however way I can." So um, now there's one thing that I kind of want to make an honorable mention of here because we're talking a lot about the Murrays and I didn't see them represented on here because I think they're a more distant branch of the family that that these Murrays that we've been talking about I don't I don't know if they had any connection with them because like any any interaction with them I should say they've got a connection but there's a branch of Murrays that stayed up north with their Sutherland kinsmen the Murrays of Aberscores the Murrays of Aberscores so here's here's one thing that's kind of interesting about Highland clans is it wasn't always the chief that rallied the clan, trained them, personally trained them in combat, and then led them into whatever situation they were going into. In some cases, many, some, I don't know, I haven't seen what percentage of clans did this. Maybe it varied depending on what time period you're in. But the Sutherland clan... And the Earls of Sutherland, whether it was Leslie's, whether it was later, not Leslie's, whether it was whether it was Sutherland's, whether it was later Gordon's, um, they all they all used the Murrays of Aberscores as their military guys. So they were there. It was usually the chief of the Murrays of Aberscores who would play the their commander whenever they were having feuds. And if you read the genealogical history of the Earldom of Sutherland, which you can also get on archive.com in PDF form, read all the way through it. It's awesome. It's also contemporary clan time. Um, you'll see that the Murrays of Aberscores are used as the, as their their military guys for the Sutherlands. So that these Murrays, I'm, I'm, I haven't traced it back and for sure confirmed it, but my understanding is they're getting their name from the same place the Murray Murrays of Tullibarden got theirs from because they come from the same source, which is also the same ultimate source as the Sutherlands, like I mentioned at the beginning. Okay, so there's that. I just I just want to throw that out there, throw that out there because I think it's cool. And I love learning about clan stuff. So in so at the end of the day, what are we where are we going with this? I think we're going with that um, the Murrays were a clan. They have all of the things, even though some of them weren't Highlanders. Some of them were. But they came together and they acted together like a clan. I'm going to call them a clan, which is significant because we it's not this. this now, guys, this is something that's interesting and important to keep in mind. I don't know if it's just human nature to do this, but we like things organized and tidy. When it comes to Scottish history, we like to just draw a line between highlands and lowlands and say they did this here and they didn't do it here and here they did this and there they didn't. And it was like this here and it wasn't like this there. And the more I study, the more I find that it's not that tidy. Okay. So this this clan concept, I'm going to argue that existed all over Scotland. That didn't mean that everybody in all of Scotland was a member of a clan. But you do see traces of it all over. You want to know what, though? And here's here's a challenge for you guys. So I've seen elements of clanship in, for sure, the Highlands, for sure, the Borders. 
We've seen it here on the border country between Highland and Lowland in, I think we would call this Perthshire. You see it up in the Aberdeen area, in that frontier area. You see it with the Gordons who, and the, and the Forbes who both have, were based in the Lowland, what we would call Lowlands, but had territory in the Highlands. You see it, so you see this, but the where I have not seen a lot of clan stuff going on is Edinburgh. Now I know chiefs from all over Scotland were coming there to do their business. I just, I just don't see a lot of kin groups originating there and operating there as like that's where this clan held sway. It was in that vicinity of that part, so the Lothian area. All right. Anyway, just, uh, just throw that out there. That's uh, that's something I'm wondering about, and if some of you know something about it, share it with us. Speaking of sharing, will you get out there and share this podcast with somebody that you think would like it? Would you go on Apple Podcasts and would you leave me a review? That's a great way to spread this. If you think this podcast has any value whatsoever, a great way to get that augmented and pushed out more is to go and leave me a review, a five-star review preferably, but a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to reach out to me, the Facebook group is so big these days that the Facebook group is called Scottish Clans. But I miss a lot of stuff on there because it's huge. But if you want to email me, you can go to thescottishclans at gmail.com. Or you can just personally message me off Facebook. It's pretty easy to find. If you go to the Scottish Clans, you can find me in that Facebook group. And then you can just send me a, a message. And people have done that. And it's been effective so far. So thank you for joining me with this episode about the Murrays and about clanship. And until next time, Marsh and Leib and Drasta.